What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. Um, I don't know if any of you watched the Super Bowl last night, but I can tell you I did not. Um, So one of the reasons I wanted to invite my friend Tracy on is we all know I am the pickiest eater in the world. And I think everybody makes jokes about like, Jeff, you love chicken nuggets. Or um, why is Jeff always only eating French fries? And it's because that's pretty much literally all I eat. And that's all I've known eating. And so I wanted to bring my friend Tracy on because she has a PhD in public health. And she is going to kind of assess my eating patterns, if you will. And I'm not looking for a self-diagnosis. I mean, let's be real, like this is probably not going to solve any of my problems. (laughs) But (laughs) just I feel like it's a good idea to like talk about things. Maybe somebody else eats the same way I do. Um, Maybe somebody else feels like they might have some form of, I don't want to call it an eating disorder, but I mean, as a gay man, I think we're all lying to ourselves. If you've never skipped a meal before because you wanted to look skinnier or you didn't eat because you were about to bottom and you were like, I want to fuck this guy, but if I eat, I'm going to shit. So like, I don't want to. So Tracy, are you ready for this? (laughs) I'm so ready for this. (laughs) So ready. Thank you for having me. No, I appreciate you coming on because let me start with this though, because I'm so curious. So I randomly will just like catch some people who like follow my account or whatever. And I saw you stood out out of all the shirtless gay men. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like this female is following me. And so I clicked your page and I was like, I need to understand why she's here. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay, so I followed you. So kind of funny story. I followed you when you were on Hannah Burner's podcast, Burning in Hell, because I love her. I saw the title of the episode. I was like, wow, I'm so interested in this. And then I thought you were so funny. So I looked at your account, followed it right away. Last night, I was purging a bunch of my Instagram people who I follow because I was like, you know, sometimes you just need a clean slate. You got to get rid of some of the extra, you know, oh, yeah. content that you just don't need around anymore accidentally unfollowed your page and panicked followed you back right away and then you dm'd me i think when you saw that i followed but i had been following you for a long time it just yeah i think i just i love the content i love the body diversity on your page and i just love like your super sex positive i think it's great and like who doesn't love like butts on Instagram. It's fun. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So fun. So yeah, I definitely heard about your page on Hannah's pod. And then um, yeah, the accidental unfollow got me here today. I'm I'm Uh, honored. Thank God that happened. Yeah. What a, I mean, it's great for me too. So. So let me start with this. So you have a PhD in public health, right? I do. Okay. So I'm going to start off and I'm just going to, I guess, explain, should I start with my upbringing and how I ate? Is that a good place to start? Yeah. Yeah. Cause you always got to start from childhood because childhood definitely influences, you know, a lot of these like psychological health types of issues that we talk about. So let's start there. Okay. Well, everyone listening, don't judge me because it's my most like self-conscious conversation starter ever. I love that. 
so growing up, I am, I, well, even now I'm a very, I, I don't think I am a very like textbook person, but when it comes to food, I'm a very textbook person. Like I'm not going to say like OCD eater, but it's like, I eat the same things over and over again, similar time, similar way. Like you're not just throwing some random like salt and pepper on something I normally eat. You know, like I eat what I eat. Don't fucking try to throw some like hot sauce into the mix. It's like the same thing all the time. Don't fuck it up. So growing up, I was always a psycho about it. And so like, I would always start my day my mom would make me eggs and toast and I love ketchup. So the only way I could eat eggs is if I put ketchup on my eggs and I, not that I hate chewing, but like after chewing for so long, it's like, I'm not that I'm tired, but I'm just like, okay, I'm bored. So if I, it takes me a long time to eat something, I just like spit it out and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So I would smush my eggs and I would just like swallow them whole And so I had smushed eggs with ketchup and two pieces of toast. And I still eat that way to this day for breakfast. So that's my breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) This is like so weird for me. Um, Okay. So for lunch growing up, I never, ever, ever bought lunch at school. I feel like every time I saw those like school lunches, I was mortified. Like Mm -hmm. the fucking beef patties or whatever else on the plastic plates. I was like, no, 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 no. So I had two pieces of butter, white bread, I guess you call it like Italian bread smushed together. Mm-hmm. And then I would like on the side have like a fruit roll up, popcorn, bag of Doritos. Sometimes she might throw like a brownie in there, you know? And I ate that for my school lunch every single fucking day until I graduated senior of high school. So that's like 18 years. Yeah. Um, And then lastly, growing up for dinners, no one is a cook. So it was always fend for yourself or we'll order food. So Sundays and Wednesdays, all the grandkids went to my grandparents and my grandma would make me like pasta with butter because Mm -hmm. I actually never tried sauce until I was in college. Um, (laughs) So Sunday and Wednesdays was grandma's. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Tuesday, Thursday was usually like chicken nuggets or mac and cheese or mozzarella sticks, just whatever was easy for my mom to like throw in the oven and be like, here you guys go. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, we'd like order pizza. Friday might be like we went to a friend's house or something. Like it was very quick dinners, you know? So I guess for someone who has studied this, Do you think that stems from me never being forced to try food as like, I just never got out of the pattern? Mm, That's a really good question. But first I want to say it's super vulnerable to share all that. And I think it's awesome because we need to normalize this kind of thing and like talking about like, okay, like I had like maybe a very different relationship with food growing up. And like the more we all can talk about it and like put it out there, I think that's great because a lot of people probably are like, yeah, me too, like listening to this right now. So it just makes people feel less alone. I really think that you're like contributing to people feeling less alone. But I think kind of the type of style of eating you're talking about 
can really be more related to maybe like, did you not like certain textures of food or did you avoid certain like colors of food? Um, was that part of it as well? Yeah, I would say so. Funny story in high school, I've obviously been like the pickiest person in North America. Mm-hmm. And my high school friends would always be like after football games on a Friday or homecoming or whatever it was, we'd like always go out to eat and get like, they'd get chicken wings and this and that. But like, for me, I like chicken, but the thought of putting a bone in my mouth is like terrifying. Like I could never do it. Like yeah. just the, the certain way people eat it just, I can't get myself to do, it. I'll throw up. So one of the times we were drunk and we went in my friend's basement and they blindfolded me and I agreed to this. And they said, Jeff, we're going to give you five foods and you're going to try them. And we're not going to tell you what anything is until after. And then you're going to tell us if you like them or not. Oh my God. So this was all texture based. And they said it wasn't going to be anything crazy. It was just going to be like, however much on a spoon. So each time they put something in my mouth, it was on a spoon. So the first thing they put in my mouth apparently was meatloaf. Okay. And I swallowed it and I thought it was fine. I personally thought it was bread. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, I don't know why or how I got to that point, but I swallowed it. But then the weird thing is, is they put like wheat bread in my mouth. And I don't know if it like led with the crust or whatever it is. Yeah. But some way the bread was on the spoon. It was obviously like either smushed into a ball or something. I don't know what they did. Yeah. I literally projectile vomited onto my friend's counter from bread. Oh my God. It just shows like, it's a crazy mental game because it's, it's, I guess that just proves it's texture, you know? Yeah. That's so fascinating because people don't often think about that type of reaction to food as being a type of disordered eating or actually a type of like diagnosable eating disorder. And I'm not saying that that's your case, but there is a disorder that's called ARFID for short, which is avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. And it's all about this like issue with food textures or food colors. And it's, it's not at all about like, about like trying to lose weight or like have a certain type of body image. It's not about that at all, which is what makes it really unique as an eating disorder. And so it sounds like you're kind of describing exactly that, like this avoidance of certain foods, but not because you're trying to like limit your food intake. Yeah. It's actually almost the opposite. Sometimes it's like people with that disorder, like are just cannot eat enough food or they eat the same, like five foods. Um, me. (laughs) As you're describing this, my little brother is like this as well. And he's 22. So, and he is still like very much like pasta bread, um, maybe chicken sometimes, but like does not eat red meat, does not eat like certain textures of foods. And I think like Arvid is quite uncommon and it's usually like, it starts in childhood typically. So like less than 5% of kids will have ARFID, but more so males have ARFID, um, which I don't know why that is. And it's actually like such a, it's very new kind of on the eating disorder spectrum. And 2013 was the first time that um, ARFID became like a clinical diagnosable type of eating disorder. And so like in the research world, 2013, what that was, I'm not good at math, eight years ago, that's like one day in the research world. Like we don't know that much about it yet. Got it. Because like it takes 
really it takes like decades to get like a good amount of science and like have enough stats on something to like really be able to understand it well. Um, but yeah, that, that sounds kind of like what, what you experienced, which is and really- now I feel like it's to the point though, that I'm not going to throw the whole gay thing into it, but I've obviously like, I never worked out or even cared what I looked like. And then I moved to New York city and I was like, let me try to be like a more healthier fit person and social media. Like it pushes you to want to yeah. present or be better. Right. Yeah. So I started like working out and then like through friends were like, Jeff, like you can't keep eating like shit. They're like, why don't you try like grilled chicken instead of chicken nuggets, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've like slowly ticked that way. You know what I mean? So like I can make, like pesto chicken now even. Yeah. I could do that. And then instead of French fries, I'll have like mashed potatoes. I don't know if that's like saving so many calories, but it makes me feel healthier as opposed to yeah, French fries, I guess. Yeah. I'm really curious. Like, do you feel like you were always able to eat enough food? Just it was like the same types of food or did you feel sometimes like, oh, I'm not really eating enough because like, I just don't want to eat food or like, I just don't like um, enough type of food. I'm trying to remember. I do. I do remember something when I was in like seventh grade, I think I had to like go get a physical or something to like start junior high. And I remember being like super, super underweight. Oh yeah. I think it, and then I think though, like, I remember like my mom crying about something and I don't know. Like growth chart, like the chart of the doctor and they probably like your percentile. Yeah. Something was like super off and they were like, I feel like they like talked in a side room or something. And they're like, we need to send him somewhere because he needs to like put on weight or something. But I think like my mom and grandma were so like, he's fine. Like we're not sending him. Like he's going to grow out of it. And the doctor was always like, as he grows up and like goes to people's houses and like goes to college, like he'll acclimate and like start trying new foods. Because like, let's say if I went to like your family's house for dinner, yeah, your family's just going to be like, oh, we're having chicken and pasta or steak and pasta or whatever it is for dinner. Yeah. And then, like, I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. Like, I guess this is what we're having for dinner. I'll try it. Yeah. But I was always still catered to like, nobody ever forced me. I think the only time I ever got forced to try something was I think like one time my mom tried to make me eat like Turkey and corn. And I got to the point that I knew if I just threw up on the plate, she can't force it down my throat anymore. So yeah. I just, threw up on the plate on the kitchen table and I just like got up and walked away and she was like they did nothing like what are you supposed to do oh God. okay so that's that's fascinating though because that right there is like the perfect example of like the difference between like oh a picky eater and like actually like that's getting in the way of like normal living that's kind of like what people look for when you're like diagnosing something or like a therapist might look for and like oh this is like a clinical issue is that like if you couldn't go to friends' houses or like couldn't really go out to dinner because it's getting in the way of like like your food intake and like you just couldn't deal with it. And yeah. I mean like the broad you not like you specifically, but that's like what someone looks for typically is like, oh, this is like impacting their life. So this is when it's becoming like, you know, something that's a little more serious and not just like, oh, I don't like meatloaf or whatever but I'll eat it because that's all that's here it's like no like if you're avoiding stuff or like you're going out to dinner but like you're not eating at all and you're just sitting there like that's when it's like oh this is like a bigger issue that's like serious 
Well, there's times where like, let's say for example, it's a friend's birthday dinner and they pick like hibachi. Mm -hmm. I'm going to purposely make dinner at home. I'll go to this hibachi dinner and I'll just like drink and they'll put me on a separate check. Or if it's like, I mean, obviously not now, but when there was like holiday corporate dinners and they would like invite these influencers to dinner Mm -hmm. and I'm like sitting next to like fucking the CEO of whatever company. And I'm like, great. Like he's going to obviously ask me a million questions. Yeah. I would like try to like smash certain food to like make it look like I maybe nitpicked or whatever. And like, I usually would just like chug wine to make myself full in those moments. Cause it makes yeah. it look like, I don't know. Yeah. But in those situations, it's definitely more awkward because you feel forced to be there. Yeah. And you can't say, you can't really say anything, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like, that's a very relatable situation for like people with all types of eating disorders or like just like a weird relationship with food or like, say you're doing like the whole 30 for a month. Like you can't go to like an Italian dinner, like with your friends, because you're probably not eating carbs. You're probably not drinking wine and you're probably not like eating any fats. Right. Like, so like someone like I had a more like restrictive eating disorder, like on the kind of like anorexia spectrum. And like I, for years and like so many people I know that had like similar like relationships with food, like I would avoid, like, like you said, birthday parties and like, um, even like dating was really hard because I'm like, I don't want to like go to this restaurant and there's a bread basket and I like don't eat the bread. And then like, I don't really eat my dinner because I don't know how it was prepared. Um, but it, it yeah. I, listen, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, those, like you have to laugh like, about it to an extent. Cause it's like, oh my like God. yeah, but I just mean like, I think so many people can relate to that. Even if they just have like, not an eating disorder, but like a kind of messed up relationship with food sometimes, or like go on lots of like fad diets or like month long diets. And it's like, oh, this is like fucking up my social life. Like, yeah. I am like not living my life and I'm like limiting myself and like what I'm doing socially because like food is controlling my life. It's pretty wild when you put yeah. it. Yeah. And like, I totally relate like that is something like I went through for years as well. And I think so many people go through periods of like this where well, you want to know what's crazy is I actually went on a date. This was probably like four years ago though yeah and we had like great sexual chemistry like he was hot like mm-hmm. so fun he was a little older than me maybe by like three years and I I maybe said something I wasn't like I like you or anything like crazy but he was just like I could never date someone like you strictly because you're so uncultured I'm like what do you mean I'm uncultured like I was like I feel like I like I'm down to travel I'm the most adventurous person ever he's like yeah but he's like just because if we're in Greece we'd have to go find like French fries from a restaurant for you. Like you can't like eat at a normal place. And I just like, couldn't not date someone who like is a foodie or like wants to experience like certain cuisines. I was like, okay. I was like, that's like a weird thing, but like, I guess that's what you're into. I don't know. But that's like, yeah, this happened to me this past summer. I was seeing a guy and he was like, you know, I, I couldn't ever be with someone who's like so uncultured with food. And I was like, this is me like now, like, through lots of therapy and like recovery and stuff. I'm like, okay, but wait, like, that's not, that's not like, it's not that straightforward. for (laughs) You met me three years ago, five years ago. Like my issue isn't being cultured with food. It's like, 
I had an eating disorder. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's like opening the dialogue on that too. Like it's also just like not making comments about what people are eating and not eating. Cause it's really like none of your business unless you're like a doctor or like a registered dietitian. Like it's really none of your business what other people are eating. So. Well, I will tell you this. It, my biggest pet peeve is when someone tries to like force me into a situation that like, if I'm in a group thing or I go to someone's friend's house and like, Jeff, just fucking try it. And they like go like this with like a pickle in my mouth. I literally, I'm just like, it like ruins the mood. I'm just like, like, why, what is the purpose of this? Like, or they put like an olive in my drink, like from, I'm like, dude, come on. Yeah. That's also just so rude, especially if like, Right. I think it's fair to say like a lot of people with food, strange food preferences, food eating disorders, whatever. Like we also probably have like social anxiety and anxiety and stuff like that. So when you're like waving food in someone's face in a social setting, that's just like, honestly, like very childish, first of all. Second of all, it's like, let's like bring all of my anxieties and insecurities into one situation. (laughs) (laughs) because then like people are looking at you and like staring at you and it's like yeah and then you become center of attention it's like oh me it's also just very rude like I think our culture and like especially in the in the U.S. like food and like body is so polarized that um like we just care way too much about what other people are eating or not eating and it's really none of our business you know what it stems down to more so and I mean this is maybe higher I don't know if like you learn this in school at any point, but I think like in the LGBTQ community, it's more probably prevalent that people have eating disorders Mm -hmm. as opposed to not. And I think it comes in two things. I feel like first it's probably maybe starts as like a similar situation to what you had with like anorexia or things like that, because you have so much anxiety. You know what I mean? That like mm-hmm. that anxiety builds up as you're like about to come out or you're thinking about things and it just like, it builds up so much nerve wracking feelings. And then also it's like, once you do come out and you kind of learn gay culture and gay culture revolves around like being around all these guys, or maybe that's just for me being in New York, but it's like, you're constantly shirtless. You're constantly, there's always going to be someone next to you who looks better. And I think everybody just needs to learn to process that like your body, no matter what you eat, no matter how hard you work out, like you, sometimes you just can't look like that, you know, like everyone's body's built differently. And so I think for me, I find a lot of people who actually have some form of, I'm not, I don't even care to call it a disorder, but I guess we could call it a disorder with food because of they're trying to fit in or be better physically, visually, I should say, it's probably not physically healthy for you. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think what's so interesting about like, like you said, not everyone has a disorder, but sometimes I like just say eating disorder to like normalize it. Cause it's like a lot of us do actually fall into like the more clinical spectrum. And so I'm just like, yeah, let's just normalize saying it. But, um, it's like that coping, through food and like food is something we can all control because we have to eat food to like live. Whereas like some people might use alcohol or drugs or, you know, other types of like substances like that to like cope. But like with food, 
like you can't avoid it. Like I think one of my first therapists, one of my first therapists, um, <laughs> <We're> to that <laughs> point, <laughs> a lot about my past, um, like compared, like doing the thing you fear the most, say like you are so afraid of roller coasters. It's like getting on a roller coaster three times a day and like confronting your fears and like people that struggle with food. It's like, okay, minimum three times a day, you're like confronting that fear. So it's like, it's an unavoidable part of our life, but it also makes it something that is really easy to control for those of us who like have anxieties about other things, whether it's like coming out or whether it's about like school, whether it's about whatever. And it's like, oh, we can all control food because it's like an unavoidable part of our life. Like you have to eat. Um, so it's a very like, yeah, easy thing to hold on to and control when we feel like we don't have control over anything else in our life. Other people's reactions to us, we can't control any, any of that, but we can control food. And then like, if exercise is also part of that, like, you know, disordered part of your life for you, you can also control exercise in a lot of cases. Um, yeah, that's what makes it super tricky. Well, let me ask you this. How common is it for like adults to have had some form of an eating disorder? So the actual diagnosed disorders, it's like less than 5%. But when you look at like broader, like subclinical disordered eating, which is like, okay, you didn't have like a doctor tell you you were anorexic or had bulimia, anything like that. That's closer to like a third of all adults. So that's like, right. If you're in a room with three people, like one of you probably has a messed up, you know, relationship with food. And that can be like encompassing like a lot of different things. Um, but like, that's very common. And that's interesting though, because I obviously never sought treatment, if you will, for this. Like I never talked to anyone about it. I just like, I know how to handle it for myself. I know situations to avoid. I do what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. if it's going to be an uncomfortable situation for me, I just avoid it and do something else. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't think it's completely affected my life because it still allows me to do like whatever I do want to do, but I'm sure it does like affect certain people's lives that it's like, if you have one friend group and you move to a new city and they do something and you're like, Oh, I can't do this. Then you end up doing nothing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, Okay. Well, actually, here's my next question for you. So one time I forgot who I was talking to or speaking to, but somebody said that like the way I eat or people who eat like me is due to like some type of like anxiety or like trying to hold on to your youth. So like you have this like innocence about you that you still eat like a five-year-old that's like you trying to hold on to your youth and that I need to quote unquote, let go of it. And I'm like, I, I'm not, I don't think that's why I eat the way I do. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, like my first reaction to that is like them telling you, you need to let go of that. It's just like really invalidating. And like, is, <laughs> like, well, that's what like cracks me up about people who like don't understand like eating disorders is like their, their advice is often just like, just eat more. And it's like, if it was that easy, like, people would not be like in the situations they get in, right? Like, or it wouldn't even be, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. If it it was like, you could just start eating like quote unquote, like normally or whatever, whatever that means. So no, I don't think it's about like letting go of your childhood. I think like some like therapists might say, if I were to imagine like 
that something in childhood and your childhood experience may influence the way you eat still. But like, if, you know, somebody did have ARFID, it's like, oh, that's like a literal diagnosable psychological disorder. It's not about like holding on to your childhood. It's like something in your brain is a little bit off (laughs) and like you can treat that, you know, like, let's be honest. Most of us have something about our brain that's a little bit off, right? Like we all, we all have anxiety. (laughs) We all have anxiety and depression anyway. So it's like, no, it's not about like holding on to your childhood or like being, you know, nostalgic about your youth. <laughs> yeah, like think. I'm not purposely eating dinosaur chicken nuggets because yeah. I got to be five forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's like a really invalidating statement. It's like that person probably just has no concept of like how the brain works and like what yeah. mental health is. But no, I think, I think they need to fuck off and you can you just... <laughs> That's what I was thinking. That's probably what I said as well. But I was just like, and obviously like stuck in the back of my mind. I'm like, is that like a thing? And I think I like Googled it and I like found nothing. But I was like, you know what? Maybe one day someone like Tracy will appear and I'll ask her this question. (laughs) Okay. I mean, some, some therapists that are very, very big into like, have you heard of like inner child work? No. Okay. That's like a big thing. Like I'm not a therapist, of course, but that's a big thing in like therapy world is like working on your inner child. They might like reference your inner child, but that's not like you literally wanting to like be your child, like a child. (laughs) It's, it's just like revisiting like your childhood and like how it impacts you now. Um, Yeah. It could be something to that, but that doesn't sound that that person didn't sound like that's what they meant. Um, So when you had like, when you started with your eating disorder, are you like, I'm sorry if this is the wrong term, but are you like healthier now or do you still have certain food restrictions as well? Oh, no, that's a good question. So yeah, I'm, I'm much like in a much better place now, but it's like something that I still have to confront like every single day, you know? Um, so I started like restricting my food intake in like probably sixth grade, like middle school. Um, and I was like really into sports my whole life and play college sports. And like, so for me, it was like having like the, like super fit body, like, like fit girl body and like also being like small enough, but still like muscular looking, um, to have like that, like fitness athletic aesthetic. Um, and so that started super young for me. And then it wasn't until like my junior year of college that, I left my team in college because like my eating and like exercise addiction had like gotten so out of control and like my health like plummeted. Um, Like as a female too, like it's a little bit different for men, but like female hormones are like so impacted by like our eating habits. And so my body just like, like, you know, I hit, I hit a low. Um, And that for me was kind of like the turning point, but. Damn. So yeah, that was like, honestly, what, how many years ago now? At least like six years I've been like really working on my shit and like have a registered dietitian. I still see every once in a while and I go to therapy every week still. Um, And that's like what did it for me. I never did like inpatient treatment or anything. I wasn't like medically compromised in that way where I like needed to kind of be in that setting. But um, yeah, it's been a long (laughs) road (laughs) it's crazy because it almost gets to a point that it feels like you know 
nothing different. You know what I mean? Like people are like, Oh man, that's crazy. But I'm like, I've done this my whole life. Like, I don't, I don't even think like, I know I'm going to be like the last one eating at the table. Like, cause I eat so slow and I'm just like, Mm -hmm. get it down. Like, and it's constantly in my head that I'm just like, okay, just eat, just get it. And it's so, I mean, I, I don't like get self-conscious about it. Like when I'm with people I'm comfortable with, cause I'm just like, I know everyone else knows like yeah. when you publicly say it, it sounds weirder because I feel like most people don't get it. Yeah. And, and nobody will like get it, but it's nice. You know what I mean? Like yeah. only you know what it's like, but other people can relate. And I think like, I think like in an unfortunate sense, a lot of people have had like, at least, like I said, like a period of like having a fucked up relationship with their body and food. So whether it's like from more of just like something like your situation of like, I avoid foods because of texture, that's not as common as I avoid food because I want to be on a diet and I want my body to look a certain way, but it's still kind of like, can, there are still like relatable elements to that. Like, oh, listen, if I could have just taken a pill and been full, amazing, you know, like love it. All the vitamins, fill my stomach up perfect amount of calories like oh wow so i'm curious do you not like do you not get like pleasure from eating even no. foods that you like no i would say there's obviously times where like i'm like oh my god that garlic bread was so fucking good yeah, you know yeah. I mean? but like after i just had like the one piece of garlic bread it's obviously like less satisfying having like the next six or mm. like i don't know i just like i just the act of chewing like there's probably like once every other day I'll just like yeah. stop because I'm just like tired of chewing not necessarily oh my god I'm so full I'm just like all right I'm over yeah. that honestly sometimes chewing can get annoying I feel you on that <laughs> like, like I know I'm, it sounds not. So lame, <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm literally I'm not making you, fun of you that. yeah I think like that's so interesting though because I don't know I'm really curious and I hope this isn't like putting you on the spot but like do you want that to change for you? Or do you feel like you've found what works for you and you're like, I'm just going to keep doing me. Or are you like, Oh, I would like to like understand this better or like try to like, see if I could like introduce new foods. Like I what you're saying. I think for yeah. me though, I I'm definitely like comfortable with like, this is my reality because I feel yeah. like I have come a long way considering where I started you know what I mean yeah. like now I can have like pizza I can have sauce on my pasta I can have grilled chicken or if we're like I have to go to like a fancy client type thing I could like go to an Italian restaurant and have like chicken okay. parm you know what I mean with like sauce on top of chicken like I can I've gotten to a point that I can like present myself well yeah. without making it look like okay what the fuck's wrong with this kid you know like he has to order off the kids menu status yeah know? Oh my God. Okay. I will also say there's points that it's like you, you, I'm obviously healthy now as a 28 year old, mm. but it's like, who's to say when I'm 38 or 48, right? Like, is my body going to be able to like keep up with this Yeah. without it ever having like a salad, for example, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, obviously my body's tried a salad. It's like, does my body even know what it's like missing out on if it's never had it? I don't know. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So, no, it sounds like, well, it sounds like you have like come a long way, which is amazing because even like, 
I think with like food, like weird relationships with food, whatever we want to call it, like little things feel huge. Like, oh yeah. So like, I didn't eat part of my, just like, I didn't eat bread for like five years. And then like, when I started eating, now I eat like sourdough bread every day and it's like the highlight of my day. But it's like, <laughs> you know, like to like some random person on the street, if I was like, oh my God, I ate bread today. They'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah, I ate bread like all the time. Like, what are you talking about? So it's like, I hear you when you're like, no, I can like go to a restaurant and order this thing and it's fine. And it's like, that is like really big for people yeah. who have like had like food issues. Like, so I think that's amazing. And that's not like a small, small thing. That's like huge. So that's great Thank that you come that far and come that I far. I would like to incorporate somehow, get myself to eat some like green things though. Like I'm obviously, I really don't think I'll ever get to the point that I'm going to like eat like broccoli. But actually one thing I did try the other day was um, cauliflower pizza. Like the crust was like, yeah. and it was, I didn't taste the difference. So I was like so happy that okay. I made- we ate cauliflower but like okay, was- how, do you, how do you feel about i'm afraid to ask you this how do you feel about like smoothies love smoothies oh do you put greens in smoothies fuck no you can't taste it i swear i i love like like just like a good like berry smoothie yeah. with apple juice like i love apples oh. like i love a whole bunch of berries but the minute we get into like I don't want to call it tangible food. Like I feel like uh, the good thing about a smoothie, it's, it's all one concentration in a way that it's not like something's popping, something's cold, something's hot. Something's like, I, I can't with all that. So when I salad and there's tomatoes and cheese and crunchy lettuce or whatever, and there's all those things happening in your mouth at one time. Yeah. Can't can't process that. Can't handle it. Yeah. No, that's really fair. I was you've ever put like some frozen spinach in that bad boy and just like let it blend. So you want to know what's actually interesting. I also recently had like, I don't know what it was called. I would say it's probably like some spinach tortellini type shit. Yeah. So it's like cheese, spinach, but like it was wrapped in the pasta itself. Sure. So it wasn't like I visually saw a whole bunch of green things on top of the pasta that I'm like eating a leaf with the pasta it's like wrapped in there and I also didn't taste the difference until I saw a green leaf in my tooth and I was like what the fuck (laughs) like oh it's like spinach tortellini I'm like well that was good but like okay yeah no you are literally my brother my little brother like he would say that same exact statement yeah yeah so like, let me ask you this, how, let's just say if somebody who's listening to this, who yeah. is, eats similar to me or somehow is relating to this at all, which I will be shocked if you are, please DM me because I would love to talk to someone who eats the same way I do. Um, how does one even begin trying to explore their palate without causing like a, like system override? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. I also think you will be more surprised at how many people eat like you. Anyway, like in a good way. I think people are going to be like, oh my God, I feel seen and heard. Like, this is amazing. Um, Okay, so I think like my number one is like, okay, always work with a therapist because that's my bias. It changed my life. I think they can do amazing things and help, help you do things like, okay, how do I emotionally regulate around this? Like this fear of like, I want to try this new food. But like, I can't do it alone because that's like so overwhelming. So I think like 
right? It's not so easy to be like, just go to therapy. It's like, it's very expensive, right? There's so many issues around like accessing therapy. But if that's an option for you, I think like that could expedite your process pretty, pretty well. Um, but I think like some of the things you were just talking about, like put, put some freaking greens in your smoothie and see if you notice and like try to introduce things that way that are like, you're going to get some like good micronutrients in there that you probably, your body's probably like really wanting. Um, and like, like you mentioned cauliflower pizza crust, like that's different, but like, if you don't notice a texture difference and like, it doesn't bother you to try that, like that's a good new way to introduce things. So yeah. I, that's why I love smoothies. Cause you can just throw like literally anything in a blender and like put chocolate powder in there and it just tastes like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. But I think, yeah. Or like so basically just slowly modifying what you're comfortable with by adding in like an extra blank. Yeah. And I think, and that goes for like, not just people who are like you and might like avoid textures with food. That also goes for people who like are restrictive with food because they have like a bad relationship with food in their body. So like reintroducing like small little changes, if you're like, okay, I've been way too restrictive. This is not healthy. I need to start eating more. It's that same like idea of like, okay, add a little bit of like olive oil, if you will, or like add a little, like those are scary things for people with like food restrictions. And I think a lot of people will be able to relate to that or add like, oh my God, a little butter on my toast instead of just like eating it plain, you know, like a lot of people like that little butter is like a huge step for them. So I think it's those over time, it'll get, okay, that's your new normal. Like, oh, it's normal for me to put butter on my toast. Okay. What's the next step? And then you just like level up a little bit. And then before you know it, Jeff, you're eating spinach salads. (laughs) I mean, let's I don't think that day will ever come for me and I don't think I need it. But I think if I could one day down like a like green peanut butter fucking concoction. So good. You know, like love it. Good cleanse. I don't fucking know. Don't even know what it would feel like, but maybe one day. Your body would not know what hit it. You would have so much energy. No, I'm just kidding. I'd probably shit my brains out. That's what would happen. (laughs) Your body wouldn't know what to do with the fiber content that was coming in. Well, you want to know what the whole thing is at this point. So I'm not like thinking about having kids or anything right now, but you obviously, obviously crosses your mind that like, okay, like what happens if in 10 years I do have kids and like, I would be mortified if my kid ate the way I did because I ate like this. God, I think about that all the time because yeah, you don't, kids are so impressionable and that like, I want to have kids too, but like, it's really scary. Like, yeah, I also am like, okay, five, 10 years from now. And I'm like, I want my shit to be like tightened up like food wise, because I never want to have like a kid who's like, Oh, like we, you know, no, I can't put olive oil on my dinner. <laughs> and, like, you know, they're going over there. Like they're afraid of like adding yeah. fats to dinner just cause like that was my like issue for so long. So yeah, it's like thinking about, okay, we need to like better ourselves for our future children. <laughs> I will say though, I do find it crazy. And I've asked my mom this before and I was like, didn't you ever like find it alarming or like, wouldn't you be like, oh, we need to force something down his throat. Like he's not whatever. And she was always just like, I just figured you would grow out of it. Like I wasn't, she's like, you would get so nitpicky that it was more of a headache. Yeah. Do this as opposed to like, listen, like you're in shape, you're 
meeting whatever you're growing normally like if that's what you want to do like go for it and I that's how I functioned but I feel like at this point knowing what the potential outcome would be like I don't think I would force food in front of my kid but I would just probably try to make it more like oh let's try to eat this today you know I don't know yeah I think like oh my god food and kids like that is such like a Like, that's, like, so scary to me as somebody who struggled with food because, like, the number one thing, like, I just would want my kids to have, like, a healthy relationship with their body and food because, like, I know how painful it was to go through, like, a decade plus of, like, pain around that, right? Or, like, having struggles around that. But, like, yeah, I want to have, like, kids who, like, will eat candy, but then, like, they'll, like, fucking down their spinach too, you know, because like nothing is off limits and there's no like good and bad foods. There's just like food because I would hope that would be the outcome. Right. Yeah. And then like society will fuck them up (laughs) as it does. Like, cause then you like go to the store and see like diet supplements and like Instagram ads, like I don't know, wild shit on Instagram about waist trimmers or whatever. (laughs) Like, you know, well, I would like, I would say though, I do think at this point, everything is what I've learned anyways, is it's very like genetic based. Like I'm very fortunate to look the way I do. And Mm -hmm. I do believe that's in part to genetics. Granted, I do work out a lot. Um, like, it's not like I don't try to look good because I do, but obviously when you hear it's like, Oh, diet's half the battle. It's like, for me, on paper, I should just write a diet book and be mm. like, listen, this is what I fucking eat. Like maybe <laughs> it'll make you look like you have a chest too. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, please, please don't write a diet book. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we have too many of those that are messing with people's heads. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I hear you. Like your metabolism has allows you to like look a certain way is that what you mean kind of with like the yeah, but actually let me ask you this before we have to go is yeah. do you think though that like so for example I told you that like my body's never had a salad do you yeah. think that it almost like it doesn't know what it's missing so my body is so like calibrated that it's used to intaking whatever it is intaking mm. yeah I mean like our bodies are so resilient like they will cater to what we're giving it, right? Like your body will like make it work because it's like literally just trying to keep you alive. So I think like adding more like micronutrients, like with a salad, your body would probably be like, wow, this is like amazing. Like I'm like living my best life. You're going to have more energy, probably like all those types of outcomes, but like you're functioning without salads, like without those certain nutrients because your body's like, okay, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. We got to keep Jeff alive. I know what is missing, right? Like, I mean, what I'm saying is, is I feel like let's just, let's just talk about like, here's a skinny child and here's like a chubby child, right? Yeah. And let's say the chubby child eats everything across the board, right? Like sometimes he'll have salad, sometimes he'll have chocolate, sometimes he has this, sometimes he has that. Yeah. But then the skinny child only eats, let's say like me, right? Like a Mm five-year-old, like mac and cheese, whatever else. Do you think if your body doesn't know the good and bad side it just learns to function that way that keeps you maybe smaller as opposed to someone's body who it's they're eating healthy this day and then this day they have a really shitty day with a whole bunch of calories their body just like goes into overdrive and you know what i'm saying yeah but i think like to your first point like your body is working extra hard to maintain like 
good function. But if you gave it extra micronutrients, like a salad and things like that, then your body could be working more efficiently. Does that make sense? Like your body's working harder, probably like for anybody who's restricting their food intake, like your body has to like step up its game to make sure that all your organs and like everything, your body is functioning as effectively as it can. But like, if you gave it more of those like micronutrients, it's going to be able to function even better and work less hard. Got it. That makes sense. So you like live longer, maybe. (laughs) And like your organs will probably be a little bit happier. Like I'd be super curious what your like blood markers are, like your kidney and liver function, but we don't have to talk about that today. (laughs) Yeah. Like I've, one interesting thing is I cannot, I mean, fingers crossed, but like I cannot hold like some vaccines sometimes. Okay. Or, like, I'll have to like get revaccinated for certain things because my body just like doesn't hold it. Oh, I've never heard of that. That's interesting. So, like, I don't know if that has anything to do with the way I eat. Mm. Um, also, I will say though, my doctor at my physical, so my blood work is picture perfect minus my B12 vitamin intake is always low, but it's been low my whole life. Oh, and that's like a very easy supplement if you wanted to. I don't think my body digests it well. It gives me stomach aches. Oh. Like I used to just take the B12 thing and I would just yeah. get the gross cramp as if I just did like an intense ab workout, but oh. it wasn't like poop or fart or whatever. It just was like a crunching pain. I was like, what the fuck? Oh man. Maybe it's not, it's not absorbing it well. Maybe you need to like, sometimes you can like combine things together, like a certain food with like a supplement, but I don't, that's not my area. You can look what it are up. Your time activities, you know. I'll Google it for you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tracy, this was definitely interesting to actually talk about all this for once. Yeah. So thank you for coming on. Um, if you're in New York, hit me up. <laughs> thank you for having me. This was, this is my first podcast where I could like not have to sound like an academic, but I probably still sounded a little bit more on that side of things. Oh, I feel like you were super normal. Oh, God. I yeah. strive to be normal, Jeff. I strive. I mean, granted, you showed up in a turtleneck and I was shirtless for the beginning part, but it, I get it. <laughs> I'm in Michigan. It's very, we have like a polar vortex going on. But yeah, you were shirtless. I will. Yeah, we need to make that a note on the pod. <laughs> All right, Tracy. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Jeff.